Welcome to NFT Talent Talk, where we explore the people of Web3 and their impact on the future of technology. My name is Sander the Ape, and I'll be your host through this exciting journey toward NFT Talent. Today, we have a trio of guests, artists, and curators Linda, Magus, and Irish NFT Girl. They curated a collection of distinct NFT artworks to showcase at NFT Talent and ran competitions to find those unique artists. They are each fabulous artists in their own right and are making a name of themselves in the world of NFT art. Join us as we explore their vision, their inspiration and the role of art in the digital world. Sit back, grab a banana, relax and let's get started. I'm looking forward to getting uh, to know all of you a little bit better and uh, go into a deeper discussion on uh, what can we expect in the art field when it comes to NFTs, uh, both uh, uh, in the coming year as well as further on. But before we go any deeper, then uh, uh, I would love to have each of you uh, give a quick introduction to you uh, from the aspect of who are you, where do you come, and uh, uh, what brought you to uh, art and finally to NFTs, starting perhaps with uh, uh, Irish NFT gal. Thank you so much, Sander. Pleasure to be here and really excited for my first time to visit Tallinn in Estonia. Really, really, really excited to uh, to finally like yeah, finally be there and and meet up with a lot of um, NFT people. So we um, um I originally started NFTs and went dives into it pretty quickly. Went like full time into it um, about a year ago joined two years ago and um, I work heavily with historical NFT projects with crypto schools with CryptoVunks v1 and yeah um, I work as an advisor mainly for artists and for uh, projects and um, that have already launched primarily and then I'm an artist myself I experiment a lot with new technology AI I'm a painter so yeah involved with everything and anything to do with NFTs it's definitely my passion and my addiction and yeah really looking forward to meeting up because I know Linda and I know Magus as well I know both of them quite well literally just from Twitter so it was lovely to be able to uh, see familiar faces as well I know Linda from NS's community who I know through Anna and yeah really excited exciting time. Very exciting and it's great that the uh, art field especially in NFTs is actually so tight that everyone has somehow uh, before met or talked. Uh, Linda, can you introduce yourself next? Yes. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm, my name is Linda. I've been uh, in the NFT space since March 2021. Um, I've been an artist for almost 10 years, um, doing uh, photography and conceptual mixed media, pretty much. And um, during Corona, I got to see a lot of uh, articles about NFTs in my photo groups everywhere. And I um, decided that this was something really exciting. And I still think it is. It's been two, two years almost, but I'm so excited for where this is going to go and uh, the possibilities for both uh, art as a new digital uh, type of art, you know, generative art and stuff like that, but also for the more traditional artists coming into NFT and using the technology for 
like certifications for their um, their um, IRL pieces and stuff like that. So it's really exciting to be part of all this. And yeah, it's really nice to see some uh, some familiar faces. It's like you said, uh, especially for those of us who's been who have been here for like almost two years now. We we know each other. We really don't know each other, but from Twitter, it feels like we're still a family. So it's really it's really nice to be able. To, and I'm so much looking forward to coming to Tallinn and to actually meet up in real life. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, the NFT world is uh, very different, or the whole Web3 uh, world, in the sense that uh, I think these days, uh, many of my uh, best friends are also people that uh, I first only met, in, and uh, half of them at least, I haven't ever uh, met at all. So it's a, it's a great, uh, great journey for most of us, I guess. What about you, Magus? Uh, yeah, really nice to be here, first of all. Um, yeah, I entered in the NFTs in November 2020, uh, bit by just an int from my younger brother that actually it was also him that uh, sent me to first invest in Bitcoin and Ethereum and then discovered and then, yeah. He told me also, look, look at the NFTs because you are doing art. This can be good for you. So I just dive in and try to learn by myself. And I minted my first NFT in, in Rarible in November 2020, um, thinking that it would be easy to sell because it seemed everything was easy. But no, and then I started learning and learning and, and really diving in and understanding that this tech is amazing. And art, uh, it's impressive that art actually, it's so present on NFTs. And I think it's amazing to see this cultural revolution uh, that it's a new new beginning for art let's say like that because it's really breaking cultural barriers and one of the things that you are already saying it's this this possibility that now we can be talking with artists from all over the world uh, this connection it, it was not so easy before uh, and it's quite that uh, even our idols now we are able to talk with them on twitter if it's needed or, or telegram or this part or whatever uh, so that's really impressive. But besides art, uh, I always try to do other side projects uh, to try also to support as I can. Uh, now I'm also launching a project where I'm trying with a with a life curator that's like this. He works with galleries and museums, and to try to bring artists that only do physical work into the Web3 uh, because it's still a bit difficult for some people to install them uh, a wallet understand the smart contracts, and above all, also be safe and not fallen for scam, scam, scammers and, uh, and the problems that we know that exist usually. So we are trying to facilitate that process and also support them. Just one of the side projects that I have among some others. So really excited for NFT talent also. Yeah, uh, you all brought up some uh, great points on the uh, on the overall markets and uh, you know, what uh, being uh, artists in NFTs kind of uh, mean. But uh, let's maybe start from a question that's uh, how different uh, is the uh, NFT uh, art world uh, compared to the original, uh, uh, let's say, normal art world, uh, as all of you uh, come from a much longer experience in art than just uh, a couple of years of uh, NFTs. So uh, what have been like the biggest changes uh, on your side? and uh, perhaps biggest learnings uh, by getting involved with NFTs? Who wants to start? <laughs> well, you, you did. <laughs> you go, you go. 
I know we're all like ready to answer this question. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I would say in terms of creating, because I never displayed any of my artwork before in a real life exhibition or a real life gallery. I was turned down a lot of times, probably because um, I suppose like it's all about in 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 real world. It's all about like who you know what's all about um if you have a name for yourself already in the field like what your background in thoroughly everything is looked into in depth like your resume you know um so i would say in terms of that it's completely different and not 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 completely different but it, it is different in terms now when i look at the nft space now i have my own artwork exhibited i think it's more open-minded to every type of style because everyone is learning as they go along so you know i think everyone has a place to showcase their artwork in some sort of either gallery and um, metaverse because you, you you're I feel like you are the controller you know of your assets you're the controller of your your freedom really in this new world like I always say that you create your world in nfts and you don't have someone else deciding whether or not your artwork is good enough like you can decide that for yourself because you can put yourself out there it's up to you um how well you want to market yourself market your brand market your artwork that's all up to you whether you want to push yourself out there you know lots of artists i know are complete introverts and they still come up out out of their comfort zone when it comes to nfts which is fantastic to see it's a lot easier i think for people to come out of their comfort zone um because it's yeah it's completely it's completely different you know it's easier to um to make friends and just because everyone is learning i think at the same time so people are just much more acceptable acceptable of that of that fact yeah what about you linda yeah, I agree. It's um, it's um, it's kind of. I'm not going to say easier, but at the same time, it's a bit easier as well than in in the traditional art world. I've been I've been lucky enough to have a gallery representation, so I do sell prints. I've been doing that for some years, but making it as um as an IRL artist, especially in Norway, is really hard. Uh, and I, I am not a full-time artist. I have a different day job, so I still make art as, a, um, yeah, on my on my free time. Um, but um, with NFTs, it's uh, yeah, you have a lot of more, a lot more um, possibilities. You can um, both in in the way you create them, but also in how you display them. And like you said, everyone can exhibit digitally. It's not it's a lot easier to put your work out there and with all the interest coming in NFT space as well, it's um, for, for me, it's been kind of a challenge also coming from, or I'm doing both now, of course, I'm still doing my, my prints and my exhibitions IRL. So, um, but I'm finding it very inspirational as an artist to be in this space also, because I see so much different art than I used to. Um, yeah, so I just think it's it's opening. It's really eye-opening and it's opening a lot of uh, possibilities. So that's that's the most exciting part for me, I think. Sorry, yeah, Mike was off. <laughs> I was saying that I agree with both and for me there's something else which is actually we are pioneers <laughs> because we are part of this new wave. It's, it's just starting. We, 
Uh, I know it's a cliche, we always say it's still early, but it's actually still early. And there's a lot of things just appearing, new marketplaces every day, new tools every day, uh, giving more and more freedom to, to, to the artists, for example, with Manifold, now that we can create our own smart contract. And I remember that I was fighting to have my own smart contract for a long time, but it's difficult if you don't know how to code and then you need to learn. And, but the tools are appearing because the needs are appearing and then the market just keeps up. With us. So it's really exciting also to think that we are part of history now, um, that art is reinventing itself all the time, um, but it's very difficult also to have a name for you and to know that you're going to be in history books, you know, and, and now we know that our art at least is going to be on the blockchain forever, you know, so like I recently think all that studies also uh, early projects. Maybe one day somebody will study also the early artists and understand who was here before and what we were doing and what we were trying. Uh, the same way that, for example, it was the artists, uh, the OG artists that fight for royalties in the beginning. And this is also something amazing nowadays that in the real world we don't have that much. Well, there are still possibilities to have, but you really need a contract and to ensure that the contract field it's much more difficult in normal galleries than now with the blockchain. So, and also what I was saying before, the, this amazing opportunity to collaborate, to meet other artists. I did so many collaborations that I really enjoy and I learned so much as an artist to have our art exhibited in different parts. I, I'm so happy that my art was already in Beijing. I was uh, selected now for New York and for sure also some of the, my colleagues here also. Now Italian. So it's like our art starts to travel the world in a digital way, which is also amazing. And even if nobody sees our face, well, I'm not an on uh, some, some artist star, but even so, what matters is that it's the art is there and it's being seen by people in a way that they were never seen. And, and before, maybe they needed to go specific to a, a museum or a gallery. And nowadays, they can be in a billboard in Times Square. So it's quite impressive. And it's really an honor to be part of this, this wave of. Uh, the revolution on art. Yeah, and uh, this actually brings a very interesting part in that uh, I guess uh, as none of you were primarily only doing digital art before, uh, then uh, when it comes to the uh, doing of the art, uh, then bringing in the NFT side also means that you have to get much more technical uh, and uh, start working with uh, smart contracts, start worrying about uh, different uh, blockchains, uh, uh, think about uh, how to get the audience uh, uh, onto the blockchains, because I guess uh, many of you would want to or have previously wanted to sell to those that uh, uh, came from the traditional uh, background of uh, your fans. And then there's, of course, the new uh, crypto fans that are uh, coming through uh, all this. So, yeah, well, what, what has been kind of like the most difficult thing in all of this? And uh, have things uh, been get, getting uh, much easier uh, now? Or are there still some uh, uh, big hurdles uh, that uh, are keeping you from uh, doing some things or perhaps keeping other people to start creating as well as collecting uh, the art? Well, I, Lego I can... first, lads. Yeah, yeah, you go. You want... you go. No, no, you go, you go, you go. Go on, you got it, Magus. Okay, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I already gave an example for Manifold, for example, that is really creating tools for artists, not only the smart contracts, but also now they also have the gallery we can create. 
uh, we can uh, make our own options. Uh, so it's giving really a lot of freedom to the artists. And this took some time, at least, well, I started in 2020. So until now, for me, it feels a bit of time. But it's also very good to see the things that are coming up. And then, of course, if we are eager to learn, we can start immediately trying to use them. I remember first time I saw, for example, uh, an art piece made on async, async art, which is kind of interactive art that uh, the collectors can buy different layers, and then the layers uh, um, are integrated in different forms of art, and now they also have the blueprints. And this is pretty cool because then as an artist, you also have not only the canva and the paints, but this new tech that allows also events. So you're going to, at least me, I feel curious, uh, curiosity and eager to try all these new tools. Uh, as soon as I was able to sync art, I immediately tried and make something. Even if it doesn't sell, the point is that I, I, I experimented, I tried it. And it's one of the most amazing things that we are having. But of course, there are still some a lot of challenges and obstacles, especially, I feel especially towards the, the, the dream of the Web3, which is the decentralization. And we are still very limited to specific platforms, to specific ways of working from these NFT marketplaces, to specific influencers and collectors and how the market moves. Um, but at the same time, again, because we are pioneers, this is part of the process. This is part of bringing to keep trying and experimenting and seeing what it works and what doesn't work until filter, until we get things smoother and smoother. Um, so the same way that I say now that Manifold helps us so much, people that enter now in the space, they already have these tools, so they don't uh, realize how hard it was before to make our own smart contract, for example. So I hope that the more we advance, the easier everything will come. Uh, and eventually, even the use of wallets and cryptos, even for people that are not into this world, to become much easier. And I think that's, that's the big step to facilitate this to, for a mass adoption. Don't you fear that if it becomes uh, too easy, uh, it uh, becomes uh, kind of too hard for, and, uh, and perhaps there will be too many artists and then uh, uh, getting all this communication and uh, uh, getting in front of the eyes uh, will become uh, much harder or um, is it a good thing? How do you see that? I don't know if the question is for me, but since uh, yeah, yeah. It was, I feel the easier, the better. Bring every for me, allow every artist, allow everybody to explore and use these tools. Because even with other things that happen, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to use them, you know. And the tools are there, but I still see people struggling with Manifold and still don't, don't know how to use it, you know, the same way. So uh, even if it becomes easier, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to use it. Uh, you have the example with the mobile phone. How many apps you have in a mobile phone? How many of those apps you really use it, you know? And... From that, also, how many people are eager to learn about the apps they can install on their phone and how many of them will really take time to learn how to use them? And the, the, the phone nowadays is a device that it's quite easy to use, but still, uh, it's not for everybody, let's say, like that. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's then go back into the uh, technology question. Uh, Linda. Can you repeat? Yeah, so uh, when it comes to the technology side, we touched it before, and uh, most of you come from uh, the traditional art uh, side where you make the art and then 
only worry about how to perhaps sell it, uh, then uh, now you also have to worry about everything uh, technological. Uh, what are the biggest uh, things that you have been uh, learning in this? And uh, also, what are, what are still uh, kind of like big hurdles that you see that are keeping the industry uh, back? Um, well, it's a big question <laughs> because uh, I, what I think is that everything is moving very fast and there's new things coming up uh, all the time. So, you know, once you figure out something and you think, oh, now I know how to do this, then there's something new comes coming along. You know, like when Manifold came and now before the New Year's where everyone was stressing to, to create their contracts before the... Um, uh, the open sea issue was uh, starting um but i feel like it's from beginning to learn about nfts uh, not real not really understanding anything about it and then diving into it finding a community then it then quite more easy to um to understand and just being active in the community i think it's important to keep up with all the changes that are coming uh, all the time. So I, it's kind of empowering as well, you know, when something new comes along and you realize that, hey, I can do this. So uh, for me personally, it's been so much fun and so much, um, I feel so empowered by it. Um, but I think we're all different in that way. And I, I'm really interested in this discussion in about how, you know, for example, for example, the traditional art collectors that go into galleries and buy art pieces, how are we going to get them into buying NFTs and buying maybe, you know, how, how are we going to set this up? Is it going to be like a certificate or are they going to be interested in the, just the digital piece? Um, so this is a thing that I'm very uh, interested in and seeing how, how we can take this uh, further in on, on board more of the um, traditional art people. Yeah, that's that's something we have been uh, discussing with uh, many of the original uh, developers of the NFT standards, such as uh, William and Trican, uh, where uh, now we have the tool where we can uh, uh, put anything onto blockchain. Uh, but there's uh, one question, of course, is uh, whether we are actually putting it there and whether it will be there in a couple of years' time but the other thing is very much also what are people actually buying? Are they just buying uh, a container that has some metadata? Are they uh, buying the uh, art piece itself or anything else? And what comes along with it on the legal side? So I, I guess uh, there's still a lot of uh, things that uh, us here as pioneers have to kind of figure out and uh, then... Uh, uh, hopefully uh, decide uh, jointly that uh, there will be some sort of standards that uh, everyone uh, understands similar to like we have had the uh, recent uh, questions on uh, royalties and uh, now this uh, open sea standard that's uh, uh, fortunately i think when it comes to artists at least uh, most uh, uh, marketplaces uh, that initially perhaps said that uh, royalties uh, decided to uh, turn this stance back towards yes only royalties so i guess uh, from artist side this is a great great uh, step so we, now we have more and more things that need to be uh, figured out like that definitely i would also say that though for uh, for um, traditional artists or artists that do i mean anyway 
in any way that you do your art, you should be clear on your um, on the on your contracts or on the marketplaces that you use. You know what's included, like you're talking about the um, the copyright or the if it's a print or if it's part of a a limited edition because most traditional artists have some limited editions to their art. So how are we going to solve that? So um, me personally, I've been careful to write on my marketplaces that NFT is a one of one exclusive added to my limited print edition and that the whoever collects a one of one can also have a signed print. And I will take that out of um, of the limited edition that's already set for this piece. But I think in any way that you choose to do this, just be transparent and write it out so people know what they're buying. Because I think we will still see a lot of confusion about this. Um, it's been a discussion for the first two years uh, that I've been here now, but uh, it's still going to continue, I think. So just be transparent as an artist. Then a lot of it is solved right there. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the uh, big values that uh, uh, being an artist or a creator in general in the NFT space is that you have the information of your buyers on the blockchain. And as a result, if you want to communicate with them, then uh, you can uh, a little bit uh, more easily than perhaps uh, in the traditional uh, art world. Irish and Degal, uh, how have you tackling this side? Like, have you actually been utilizing the opportunity to uh, be somehow more closely aligned with the uh, community? And and then on the other side, uh, there are some artists that, uh, or some collectors as well, that are believing that if I buy one art, then I should be getting uh, access to the next and all the all the next ones. Uh, and uh, how have you been tackling on that side of things? Yeah, here I agree with all the points and I don't believe artists should have a roadmap. Um, definitely not. So in terms of like the future, no, take it day by day. We don't know where tomorrow will bring any of us. So definitely not in terms of that. Um, I would agree with uh, my goose what you mentioned earlier as well about like in terms of like education, because a lot of people really don't even understand like to do your own research what does that mean um people want information in front of them there and then whether it comes in the form of a tweet in the video people can get very lazy when it comes to actually learn and like either scan and i'm definitely one of those people you know um but it's very important to learn that because how are we gonna know like what's the very first project or the first artist that has experimented with a style just because someone tells you it doesn't mean that you should necessarily believe it you know it's like false information travels I think is like at least three times I believe it's like 10 times faster than truthful information so we need to like really just um fact check everything ourselves and that's what do your own research means it means that you know yourself because you're the only one that has actually bothered to do the research so doing your own research not by what your friends refer to you or what your alpha group tells you you know you need to actually check it yourself so um i'm, I'm literally the only resourceful information or website would be eater scan you know so and um, that would be the first first step in terms of like what's the most difficult and like 
what people are definitely lacking even right now definitely something that i'm lacking i should be checking eater scan every single day i think because you can really find out new information on it like it's even if it's in terms of like looking at other people's wallets um find new projects you're not going to find everything on a marketplace or everything on twitter you know you need to be like checking everywhere unfortunately but um you yeah i think i think that would be the number one thing so education is something that i'm really like big on at the moment now in terms of like um i did a lot of uh, security classes myself to learn from it to make sure that i'm on top of things because as as linda said earlier you kind of have to be active and it's it's difficult to be active all the time especially if you have another job a nine to five you know for those that are like working full-time in nfts it's still even really difficult you can't you can't do everything um if you're an artist and you could be a curator or you could be a collector many you know many artists are collectors as well it's you're you're multitasking every single person is multitasking so i think that's the most difficult thing to do what is like your priority every single day so that's something i always do every day is just write like goals and stuff because otherwise you can get um a bit you know you can get sidetracked a lot in terms of social media i know that myself at working as a social media manager for uh, for crypto schools and other um other projects so i definitely understand that so i would say yeah we need to just be more mindful of what does do your own research actually mean um and to me it means that you're the only person that's getting that information because you're the one that has done the research you know not just what believe in in what like social media tells you because it could be quite um biased and you know definitely definitely one-sided um with a lot of like projects um and I suppose like artists people check like how many likes and how much engagement does an artist get and that can determine like if a new collector has bought someone's artwork you know so I think I think it it should be like with NFTs I would like to see it definitely more um what interests you to not what you just see from based on like other people's perception because people have can have fake followers and people can have fake engagement and yeah you just really need to double check everything because um we are seeing a lot of scams and it's something that will deter people away from the nft space so we need to make sure that you are just more mindful of everything really yeah uh and and that's the part where i would uh want to move the conversation a little bit back to you as artists again because uh, I think we will be having those uh, deep discussions on how to actually become an artist in uh, the NFT field and how to uh, brand yourselves and uh, how to reach uh, the collectors and build a community throughout the event at NFT Telling. But uh, let's use this opportunity to kind of uh, highlight uh, where all of you are actually coming from and uh, what type of art uh, are you uh, creating? Uh, so uh, with uh, Irish NFT Gal, we know that uh, you've been uh, mentioning the historical NFT projects uh, a couple of times, and uh, one of them that you are involved with is uh, Crypto Skulls. But before we delve deeper into what are historical NFT, uh, NFTs, I would like to get a little bit better understanding of uh, uh, what type of art do you actually do and for those that are watching us on Twitch, I'll be also uh, going through uh, the links myself, showing some uh, images on that. So uh, 
yeah, can you a little bit elaborate on uh, your art style and uh, inspirations that you're taking and everything else around that? Yeah, my artwork is, is very colorful. Um, I started originally um, NFTs because I wanted to sell my physical artworks. I wanted to sell my paintings and find out the difference of how I can like continue to sell original canvases in the real world but try and make a living as well off the digital um, and see are those collectors the same do they want the physical or do they want to stay with the digital um so that was the first the first kind of nft that i ever sold was um actually an edition and it was a portrait of an animal it was a horse um hmm. i've experimented since with like one of ones as well and I feel like additions are just a great opportunity to get like regular income um, and we're seeing uh, seeing like lately you know like even on Twitter like a lot of hate in terms of like open editions but I, I, I absolutely love them I think it's just a fantastic opportunity for all types of artists for to get in um, depending on no matter what anyone's budget is that you could still own a piece of your favourite artist and that's a it's a beautiful thing um, as of recently, I have experimented with AI because it just really fascinates me that even if you're not a coder, you can still create prompts and create your own artwork um, and and sell that as well. Um, on any blockchain, I've experimented with Tezos, I've experimented with um, Solana, but primarily Ethereum. Um, I believe that like there will be a lot more blockchains i'm sure that i will sell my artwork with in the future but ethereum is definitely the number one um and probably because of all of the projects that i've advised on as well like crypto schools is, is ethereum based as well um so yeah i would say for that reason like definitely the artwork that i sell my, like sell my nfts i would like i would like to see it evolving over time as well i definitely you know, I definitely don't like to stick to the one thing because I like to see like stories being told. I like to see like how much of it, how much of the style that you've been accustomed to, you know, how much you've been able to learn over the um and that's going to be adapt that will definitely adapt and change depending on people that you meet and the you know, the learning that that have come up from different clients that you've worked with and everything. Um definitely when it comes to like projects it can be anything that would interest me. I think it's, it all depends on the community that surrounds it is what enti like entices me to join a community. So yeah, it, it really depends. Like I think like the only artworks even that I've collected from one of one artists are those that I've had a really, you know, meaningful conversation with beforehand. Wouldn't necessarily jump uh you know jump straight away and buy someone's artwork if i've never met them before like if i've never talked to them i think it's much nicer to know what the person's like make sure that you like get along with them in some way and then i would support them i think it's more about support uh and then you know because if, if you if you're if everyone is an artist and nobody is a collector then no one will you know be able to grow and advance in the nft industry we have to be able to like support one another for it to become a career for someone so I like I'm lucky that I am full-time in NFTs because of that as well because I've had like I've been surrounded by an awesome community since day one of joining so like I just hope that that never changes yeah so I was just going through your uh, on cyber and uh, 
uh, seeing some uh, nice things there. So what's the story with the rabbit? Rabbit had the animation, is it? Yeah. <laughs> that was a painting, yeah. Um, and my friend actually animated it for me. I'm rubbish at animating. <laughs> I can't animate at all. So that was kind of like a collaboration that I did with a, a person that I met in uh, when I was around COVID time. I studied UX design. I uh, did that for a year and a half. That was kind of like my level eight, my like college spe specialization. And uh, he helped me with that. He's a graphic designer as well. So that was a good, I, I think that was actually my first ever collaboration working with like another artist. So it's like, why not digitalize this, put it on the blockchain? Cool. Uh, so, so basically uh, you are uh, working with both physical arts as well as AI, AI uh, arts, and then just uh, doing all sorts of collaborations and and helping uh, historical NFT projects. Uh, I would come back to the historical NFTs uh, in uh, in a bit, uh, but uh, first I'd like to get a little bit uh, a bigger overview on uh, on Linda. Yeah, so uh, I've been um, starting out as a photographer. Actually, I've been doing photography for over 20 years. But in around uh, 2014, 2015, I started doing personal projects. And um, most of my work for the first couple of years was based on self-portraiture. I started out like a, like a self-therapy thing. So, um, and eventually people uh, caught interest. So I just continued with it. And it's been, um, I'm not doing only self-portraits anymore, but I'm doing photo-based works. So there are composites. And then for the last few years, I've also been putting in some, um, some digital watercolors and experimenting with different techniques to just evolve and try out different things when i when i got into nfts i also did some very easy small time animations <laughs> there nothing complicated at all just to create some comment and i thought that was really interesting and i've also been for the last um, six months especially trying out some ai stuff but i'm having I initially had a lot of resistance towards AI because I felt like when I did something there, it wasn't the result of mine. And I have a big thing about connecting personally with every piece that I make. But it's been it's been an interesting process and I'm I'm doing more and more AI as well. I haven't minted anything particular yet, but I'm I'm using it as a more as sort of an asset. So I take it into Photoshop and then I do my thing there and then it feels more, I feel more connected to it. So that's the thing about NFTs as well, that I, I'm, I feel like I'm being challenged in the way that I create and I really like that. So, um, you know, not limiting myself to what I always did before. So now I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Actually, I'm looking forward to seeing what I'll create in the future, because <laughs> uh, who knows? Yeah, I think uh, as we have been seeing with uh, many of the artists, then uh, uh, it's great to see the journey of uh, where they come and where they uh, go over time. Yeah, and I think it's to 
to experiment, um, whether digital or not, you know, just uh, not getting stuck. So, um, so I think the NFT space has been uh, a good push for myself personally, at least, to try different techniques and, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've been going through your on cyber as well and then other places. Uh, and these are very much uh, different, uh, like actual museum uh, quality uh, pictures uh, or paintings uh, that are put on uh, on NFT on NFT. Uh, that's how I, I would be uh, trying to uh, share it. Yeah, very nice. Thank you what so much. You? Uh, what about you, Magus? Uh, for a long time, I considered myself a visionary and psychedelic artist. Uh, psychedelic in the sense that I use a lot of bright colors and contrasts. Uh, and visionary in the sense that um, the art comes from visions that I get from altered states of conscience. And I use the tagline, actually, you see in my profile, I, I create art for the conscious explorers. Meaning that they always have some purpose and meaning behind some message. Uh, in the exploration of the self, of trying to understand ourselves, who we are as human beings, but also connected with the universe and with all of us and a, a bit spiritual also, let's say. Um, but at the same time, I don't like that much labels and try to fit us in a box. I already have people saying that my art seems surreal, for example, surrealism. Um, and nowadays, also, I, I launched a new collection that it's much more simplistic. So I, I tried also to extract all the big colors and details and everything that I was doing in my art and try to simplify as much as possible uh, to try to have the subject there as the main point and center. And, and, it's, and it's being very fun to do that and to enjoying and experimenting. Uh, and above all, always to try to see when I'm creating this for my own pleasure, it's for my own joy, it's for my own exploration, it's kind of therapy also, uh, and not so much thinking about the market. Will this sell or not? Uh, because that, that can happen a lot, and I bet that a lot of artists, including myself, sometimes have these questions. Will this be soldable? You know, will this be uh, attractive enough for collectors? But again... Uh, especially when the bear market hit, I think a lot of artists think by, thought about this or had some doubts at a certain moment. But again, we need to remind ourselves why we do the art. Um, I work mainly digital with iPad. This is my main tool with Procreate. Um, but you will see that also, for example, my pin tweet, it's animations that I do also with Procreate. And then uh, with iMic, I make a composition which is also part of exploration. I never did animation before and I, I started learning. I, I started with Procreate to draw frame by frame, which is a long process and, and really complicated one. But at the same time, when you see the final result, it's really pleasure and enjoyable. Uh, and again, thanks to NFTs, I was able also to contact other animators that already do animation for a long time and ask some tips and some guidelines. And people are really supportive. They are really willing to help. They don't see it as a competition that somebody is going to do something now. Uh, and because actually then, if, you, if I'm going to see... These people that I ask support, uh, the animations I do and the animations that they do, actually are quite different. So that's the thing. With The process can be the same, but the result will be completely different. And that's the beauty of it. So I would say that for now, I have a kind of three, four different styles. 
uh, all of them with this common meaning and, and, and spirituality on the background and the exploration of ourselves uh, as human beings and the connection with everything. Um, but I also don't know where I'm going after, you know, because again, there's all these new tools, new things to explore. Animation was one of them and I'm really happy with it, but it consumes a lot of time. So making these simple pieces also, it's a different process because it takes less time. Uh, and I don't know if one is more valuable than another. What matters is that the result is there about what I wanted to achieve and, and to experience that and to sh to bring some color and enthusiasm also to the world. I think that's actually something that I need to remind myself all the time. Just just this power that we have of creation, it's so magical. It's something so divine that we need to remind ourselves about that all the time because it's something that really makes us unique as creatures, uh, uh, as beings, uh, this ability of creating all the time. And not only about art. Again, developers are also creating. Writing code is also developing, you know. So there's so many different ways of creating. And, and I love that part. I really enjoy that part. Yeah. And all three of you were uh, especially uh, focusing on the uh, evolving uh, of uh, you as artist side. So uh, that makes me uh, wonder that what are you actually using uh, uh, for yourself uh, to constantly keep evolving? Is it just that you are uh, keep on creating and uh, this process and the feedback that you might be getting from uh, other artists, uh, collectors, everyone else is what uh, makes you evolve? Or is it uh, rather that uh, you are just uh, consuming uh, and looking at other artists' uh, works and uh, this is uh, uh, affecting you? And if it's uh, that, then uh, perhaps you want to uh, mention some uh, artists that uh, have especially uh, moved you over the years. Well, I can I can be on that. Um, I would say that uh, feedback and support from artists and what they say, yes, I, I love it and I take them. From collectors, sorry, no, <laughs> for a simple reason. As an artist, I want to experiment as much. Again, if I'm concerned about what it's going to sell or not, then for sure their feedback is important. But that's not the case. I, I'm I really I, I'm not concerned with that. I'm concerned about creating and experimenting. And if we don't have that freedom then there's no point. Of course, listening to feedback from a fellow artist, again, as I said, I ask support from animators that already know and give some tips and guidelines. Yeah, that is very helpful and you can integrate on your work or not. Anyway, any advice, always you can use it or dismiss it, you know. Um, for me, personally, my, my biggest artist that I always have on the top, uh, because also I studied arts in high school when I was really young, and I visited the, the museum house of Dali, and that stayed in my memory. And then some years ago, I went back and see it again. And so Salvador Dali is always on the top of uh, uh, my inspiration because of also all, all the experimentation that he did, because he did also a variety of uh, amazing paintings. And of course, then a lot of visionary and psychedelic artists. And some of them are, are, are also into NFTs, uh, Android Zones, uh, Glass Crane, Halo Projects, um, Natural Warp. Uh, Gridravik, which makes amazing geometric figures. So there's so many. And again, the cool thing is that many of them, I actually talk with them and collaborate with them. And this is amazing because then you keep evolving. And so, yeah, definitely the feedback from, from, from artists, the inspiration that we see, the Twitter feeds to be always full of art. It's amazing. And even that some things may not be as appealing to our visual taste, 
there's still something there that you can look at it and try to identify and try to extract and understand why the RTPR in that way and what was the method and what were the tools that you also maybe can use, you know. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I would say that it's, uh, I say this many times, an artist is a lifelong learning, learner and there's never a stop of learning. We are always evolving and there's no tools coming, so there's always this experimentation. What about you, Irish Nantigal? Mm, yeah, tough question as well, because like, I mean, I get inspiration day to day, depending on like who you evolve yourself with. Um, but I see a lot of inspiration even with um, mural artists. Like there's a very famous Irish artist called Dan Leo, and he actually inspired me to, pay, to pick up a paintbrush at the start. I just thought it was very colourful and it was something that would be... Um, you know, it would relate to both children and adults in like a cartoon vibe, cartoonistic vibe. So that was the first thing that inspired me. I think from a young age, I always, um, I always loved sketching. I always loved art, but never actually painted until like around COVID. Um, so for me, it was definitely like a mental escape as well that interested me. But I think. I think now in terms of like other NFT artists, um, I love Gabe Weiss because he's a traditional artist and he did um, the Stoics collection. And I just thought it was it was great to see a traditional artist like absolutely killing it in the NFT space because there's not a lot of traditional artists, I think, in the NFT space. Um, so like I recently created a Nifty Gateway drop with nine artists, all physical artists, because again, I wanted to like highlight physical artists that they can do really well and like actually you know showcase their traditional art if the collectors once we raffled that off as well to the to the artists and it was nice to be able to do that um yeah it's like so there's kind of like two parts to your question wasn't there there was one with the inspiration and and what was the second part yeah it's uh, inspiration and then uh, some of the uh, favorite artists uh, that you are really looking uh, for yeah like I want to be looking at the community as well that I surround myself with uh, day to day I'm in a lot of group chats with um with like female artists and a lot of group chats with um you know open calls that like I'm uh, that I've applied for and like being accepted for so it's nice to be able to support each other through that way um I, I look out for that as well in terms of like collecting other artists so I'd like to see yeah more more women artists in the NFT space as well and more like what what um was it my goose was mentioning earlier like that you know you can have you know you can be best friends with someone else that does the exact same thing as you like if they're an animator, if they're a painter, you can still support each other in that way. I feel like it's it's a lot less judgmental in the NFT space than in the real world. You know, you, you would tend to like look up maybe their artwork, but in the NFT space, you can actually collaborate with them. You can, you know, split royalties. You can, uh, we can all do that with, with the help of the blockchain. We can like contract in the best way as possible. So yeah, I think I think we all need to kind of collaborate more effectively. And like standing for that as well. So like, I want to definitely be working more with yeah, more with other like traditional artists. Well, you uh, your question was about inspiration for like evolving as an artist. 
yeah, inspiration in general, as well as yeah. uh, uh, who are your favorite uh, artists uh, in general or in the NFT space? Well, um, my creative process has always been more about um, kind of more about the process itself, because I, like I said, I started out doing it as sort of a self-therapy thing. So once the piece was done, it was always, okay, that's, that's okay. It's finished and I'm happy with it, but it was the process that inspired me. And I think that uh, I still work in that way. So, um, and I'm very, very, um, I care a lot about, you know, symbolism. I want things to mean something. I always look for, for a deeper meaning and I want to, if there's a situation that comes up, or something I'm thinking about. I'm very inspired by philosophy, just my own thinking of viewing the world around me. So I think my inspiration is not particularly um, um, concrete, like pieces that I look at and get inspired. It's more feelings that I get. So with that, also the the artists that inspire me are usually... They can be very different. They can be um, different mediums and, stuff and everything. It's just if they if they move me in some way, I can get inspired by that. Especially self-portrait artists, if they do like raw emotional portraiture in some way, I always really enjoy that and get inspired by that. But to name a few, uh, not not in a, in the NFT as far as I know, but in, when I started out, I was very inspired by Bruce Aiden. Because you can probably, if you know her, you, you will see that in my early pieces. Because uh, I did some workshops with her and um, the way that her, her process is, was really like a Kickstarter for me. But then also there's a photographer called Nick Brandt and he does, he, he's done some amazing uh, photography of wildlife uh, in clash with uh, with uh, you know like bulldozers and the the, um, the world coming in and destroying their natural habitats. And he has a series called Inherit. I think it's called Inherit the Earth. Um, Inherit the dust. I'm now. I'm, I'm not really remembering, but it's it's really every time I see those photographs I get kind of emotional and that's the kind of thing that I would never do pieces or, or pictures visuals the, the way he does but looking at his pieces make me feel something and that's what inspires me so, um yeah I think it's more about the process probably yeah and this is actually a very good place to kind of like compare we've been talking primarily about uh uh, you and everyone else as more or less one of one artists. Uh, of course, some of your uh, pieces are uh, telling a similar story, but they are still like uh, actual uh, like different types of arts and not a part of uh, specific collections, uh, such as the many uh, NFT projects that uh, have just uh, a bunch of uh, similar type of profiles, uh, uh, which are then uh, also art, but different type of art. Uh, how, uh, and perhaps the story sometimes isn't uh, exactly the same way there, uh, like it would be in uh, with artists that, uh, as you were just describing, Linda. Uh, so, how are you actually viewing uh, those two worlds? And uh, uh, do you see much collaboration uh, between uh, uh, 
uh, in all this, uh, or is it completely separate worlds? That's really, um, yeah, I think about that a lot. <laughs> because in some way, um, I mean, it's the technology that's the common thing, right? It's it's not it's two different things, and I am I've been kind of hoping for a way to not that it needs to be separate for for uh, people coming into the space. They need to be able to tell things apart. Because um, I'm thinking to to attract the traditional art collectors if they come into the space and only see like the PFP projects uh, and it's and some one-on-one -on -one pieces, of course, but everything is mashed together and every NFT art. I mean, I probably it's not that clear to them, you know, what's what. And they might not, if they are the kind of people that would go to a, to a gallery and buy art for the art's sake, I'm not sure that they would be as easily swayed by all the PFP projects. So uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping that we will find a way to to make it easier to differentiate, but still, you know, it's the same kind of the same thing, but it's it should still be easier to to separate. I think. What about you, Max? What do you think of uh, on this side? Well, um, the PFP projects. For me, there was the big boom in March uh, 2021, especially with Bored Apes. And before that, it was mainly just art, let's say like that. Uh, not that PFT projects doesn't have art. Of course, it does. They have illustrators. Myself, I, I worked in some. Um, some that were just also... Nothing happened after, so I had a lot of work for nothing. But I always took all these kind of things as an exploration of my skills and also practice. Um, and I also have my own small PFP project. So I'm not against it, and I know there's a space for it. Uh, it brought a lot of people into NFTs. Um, on the other side of the coin, the image that gives for the outside, yeah, maybe it's not the best one. Uh, because especially, uh, even that it's culture, I can understand that some people that look and see a, a bunch of apes, or a bunch of MFers, you know, it's it's people saying, what, what is this about, you know, and they, if they are not dispatched, understand so easily what is happening with this. And especially because of the big hype also that appeared and a lot of celebrities and, uh, and then also the claims uh, and controversials and, well, there's a lot of things going on. Anyway, I think there's space for everything and NFTs is exactly for that, to explore as maximum as possible. I really do believe that NFTs will be part of our daily life in a way that we cannot even imagine nowadays. Uh, I, I think that, for example, one day we're going to have the NFT in a car key. And so if we want to sell the car, we just sell the, the key, which has got the NFT. And that's immediately the contract that allows to sell the car, you know. So things will be really integrated in, in real world in a lot of different things. That's why, for me, the blockchain is so amazing this opportunity of smart contracts, of getting rid of intermediaries and uh, making things also easier. Regarding the art itself, since the PFP projects also are part of the exploration, um, either we jump on board or not, they are here and they're going to stay. Uh, but it's also interesting to observe from outside 
and see that, for example, there was the big hype, but as soon as we start the bear market, the PFP projects almost disappeared or <laughs> the timeline on, on Twitter was much cleaner on that aspect and it was much more art again, one-of-one one art and then editions and so on. So it's really interesting to see also historical what will happen with this, uh, how it also had cycles. But I can say the same about art. I saw a lot of artists that I also collected, for example, that disappeared during the bear market. And uh, I just uh, a few days ago, I was unfolding accounts that are inactive for six months or more. And it's, it's a bit sad also to see that. Um, but again, it's part of this process of people trying to understand and coming and making profits and then going away. Maybe they will come back or not. And uh, it's always a learning experience. And as we said already before, it's really important to do your research, to learn, uh, but also to be aware of, of the cycles and to understand everything that we have. Um, for me personally, I was lucky to add some success in 2021, which allowed me to have now uh, economical uh, stability to survive also the bear market, even if I don't have enough sales, you know, but this is also a learning process on the side with the art. And, and I'm deviating a little bit from, from the, the question, I'm sorry, but um, just to say that, yeah, there's space for everything, either we accept it or not. Uh, the same with AI that now it's also very controversial and debatable, it's here. It's, it's a technology, <laughs> accepted or not. It's the same as when cars appear that people thought, oh, this is why we need cars when we have horses. Yeah, they are not the same. We just need to accept that they're going to be part of us anyway. Uh, so I would say that, yes, whatever will come, and there's for sure many more things that will appear that we cannot even imagine or foreseen yet, uh, but we just need to embrace it, to accept it or not, to have healthy debates about it, definitely. We can talk about it. We can discuss about it. But always in a healthy way, in the sense that there's, there's, we don't evolve by just having uh, vain arguments when we allow our ego to be uh, on the top of the things, you know, and not trying to understand the other side, not trying to understand, for example, with this last debate about AI and what can bring for us and why people are using it or not. And if it's really going to replace artists, no, I don't think so, you know. Um, it's, it's technology. Um, and there are many examples of how technology evolved and came here to help us. And people were scared in the beginning, but it's part of the process. So anything related with art is the same. Uh, and even inside the art field on NFTs, we also have examples like Pac that deconstructed the Sistine Chapel and made it little pixels, or he made the white pixel. Is it innovative? Not really. There was already white paintings in the past, you know, um, but now it's an NFT. So uh, there's always space for everything. That's that's basically what I want to resolve, and we just need to embrace it and, and live with it and do our own path. So keep on experimenting with uh, different things, and and I think this is where, uh, when discussing this specifically the AI question, then I remember uh, similar questions being uh, asked when uh, Photoshop was uh, still getting big. It's like, is this going to destroy art as we know it? <laughs> exactly. For me, there's one thing that I, I think we actually already talked about here, about transparency and honesty, uh, like also to, to write on the description. For me, it's important, for example, I, I try to write on the description what is my process, what tools I use. Um, because also, as we said, it's important to educate people. 
And we, we cannot forget that many people that are also buying NFT art nowadays, they, won't, they were not art collectors before. Other, and so this kind of education is also important. And so the transparency and to show, listen, this is my process. And of course, this is, anybody can choose whatever they want to do. And again, I'm open for that. This is just my own value and what I try to follow and what I, try, what I think can help the community. It's exactly this, that transparency. And even with AI, the same. If it's made with AI, why not to say it? Show it. Uh, there's there's a possibility to make really high quality work with AI and not just the text prompt in, a, in an app that makes it in five seconds. You know, there's a lot of work also behind. So it's more in that sense. And also the blockchain also brings that transparency that everything is in scan. If you see all the transactions are there and more and more, this will bring back uh, to this honesty and transparency that people just need to embrace it also. An Irish NFT girl. Uh... How do you see all of this world between uh, the like arts and uh, the the like let's say uh, artists that are just generating uh, specific art pieces uh, and using it on NFTs, and then uh, all the big collections that perhaps uh, come with the question of uh, what's the utility? Mm, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having someone joining NFTs that are just there for flipping or someone else there just to support because they, they joined NFTs because they, they like the artists, you know, and we're always going to have different types of people um, join NFTs and that's the only way you're going to like get somewhat close to mass adoption. So we definitely can't like, you know, judge people or anything. I think in terms of like, um, what Linda was saying as well, I completely agree. I think we do need to differentiate it a lot more. Um, and that comes with research um, that comes with like hiring more UX designers, UX researchers. I haven't met one person that is hired in Web3 as a UX researcher. That needs to change. Um, we need people interviewing others and say, what do you like versus what do you not like? when you bought this nft what was difficult you know even in terms of ledgers ledgers ux design is 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 atrocious um like they they have a ledger stacks at the moment which seems to be like the best upcoming thing it's definitely very far away from where it should be um so that's definitely a problem in terms of like pfp projects it would be nice to differentiate them um one thing i'm working on at the moment is trying to make sure that historical NFTs has a section because I think it's really important um, to know what was the first NFT projects that were ever created, like what was before CryptoPunks. Most people assume, you know, that CryptoPunks is the very first one, not, you know, necessarily true. What blockchain are you talking about? You know, it, people just assume NFTs is like one blockchain. We need to like differentiate things in different blockchains, different collections um yeah i don't like to say pfp because any anything can be a pfp i think um you know like you many people use their their you know it's completely up to you if you want to use like your portrait or if you want to use your own nft it doesn't have to be an nft so yeah it, it like we just need it to be easier accessible especially for artists um if i want to go out and look for photographers nft it's impossible to find that unless there's like actual filters actual tags a lot of marketplaces are only like starting to create this now like i'm seeing it on foundation i'm seeing it on nifty gateway which is which is amazing but we're still seeing problems where e anyone can add in a filter so if i type in painting we're gonna have 
digital painting and physical paintings mixed up together. If I want to find a physical painting, it's impossible. It's actually impossible on, on every single marketplace. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, but that just goes back to how early we are as well. People think like you're too late to start, <laughs> like so wrong because it's impossible to find artwork that you're looking for, that you're actively searching for. I think the majority of collectors that I've spoke to find their artwork on Twitter because it's just much more easier to find than marketplaces. That's how that's how like kind of badly accessible um accessible to find artists and their artwork. So yeah, that's why we're we're all battling to be as accessible because obviously the more active you're gonna be, more pe- more eyes on your project, more eyes on you. Um and it's easier obviously easier to sell than to have more engagement, more like networks and connections. So yeah, it's just it's just trying to hire more people, um, especially in the bear market now. We're seeing a reduction of like fifty percent in like Coinbase, fifty percent in so many crypto companies right now, crypto exchanges, which is frightening. Um, so we don't want to see that. We want to see more hiring getting involved. Um, and I feel like even though crypto exchanges might be going down, I still feel like NFTs and uh, blockchains like we're, we're, we're continuously going to be getting new wallets every single day new people like there's always going to be an, I feel like there will always be an increase no matter how many people drop off on NFTs there's always going to be that surge so just because crypto goes down doesn't necessarily mean NFTs are going to have a big impact I feel like NFTs will you know will will be much <laughs> much more like even volatile you know I feel like it will be a, bit, a lot a lot more um a lot more accessible once we have like these kind of issues resolved first yeah uh, the technology early uh, and uh, there is i think lots of uh, very interesting use cases that will be coming both in terms of the uh, art side as well as the, like real world utilities uh, for example one of the uh, speakers uh, at the event uh, in Tallinn will be the cto of estonian government who's uh, uh, vision is to generate the fact registry where all uh, different uh, facts uh, would be as NFTs so that uh, different uh, ministries and different uh, departments wouldn't have to run their own uh, separate databases, uh, which is just inefficient. And, and then he has many other ideas on that front as well. And if we would get more of these type of uh, innovations into the hands of the people, uh, and we will, the question is just uh, how fast, then uh, I think uh, all different fields within the uh, Web3 uh, will be changing for the like completely. We we can't even perhaps uh, uh, fully imagine uh, what uh, uh, they will be looking like uh, in the future. And that's why it's actually good to quickly uh, look into the past as well. And so we've been mentioning the historical NFTs a couple of times, uh, and that's uh, the. NFTs, uh, when it comes to art, has be, have been around uh, much longer than CryptoPunks. So CryptoPunks were not the project uh, that produced uh, uh, NFTs into, or art then into NFTs. So uh, what was and what's happening in this field? Yeah, I'll, I'll answer that, will I? <laughs> um, I do, yeah, I... I... You know what, I absolutely love learning more about like the past because it's something that you feel like you should get a crash course in as soon as you join NFTs. Like and obviously 
that's not a thing um, right now. Hopefully it will be in the future because if you want to learn about what comes first, um, it shouldn't take you hundreds of hours of research. You should be able to like have it more easily accessible in front of your eyes. Um, like if you've heard of like quantum, quantum is basically like the first NFT. A lot of people use that as like their name on in Web three because of of the meaning behind it. Um, and it, yeah, it's really it's really interesting to find out. We have a lot of like archaeologists who are like actively ex- trying to find out. We have uh, Adam McBride, Leonidas, who I'm really fond of because they teach a lot of um a lot of information in terms of like what are the different like what are the different blockchains that we don't necessarily like hear of anymore like we shouldn't forget just because let's say the community is not so active anymore like just because they're not on discord or just because they're not active on twitter like why should we forget about them so we should be like the voice for those projects and for um you know, for for those that are, are like long gone as well, you know, don't for, don't forget them. So it's something that I continuously try and like uh, research on. Um, Namecoin is one that isn't very popular, but is one that started in I think it was in twenty fourteen, um, which was like one of the first ones. So like way before any of us joined NFTs, you know, um, there is a famous Irish artist as well who tokenized. Uh, his own blood on the blockchain and was the very first person to do that as well and speaks very I'll try and get him in NFT talent I think he should actually be there because he speaks a lot and it's impossible he's he's, he's he's a busy man but I'll see what I can do and try and get him on as well I believe he's in America now so we can try and we try and get him on because I've seen the lineup so far for NFT talent and I have to say I'm impressed I'm really impressed we have Crypto Wendy, I believe, accepted. Okay, really excited to meet her. I look up to her now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and on that note, I would actually uh, uh, want to open up the mic for any uh, additional questions that we might have here uh, from uh, from the community. Quick banana break. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about an event I'm organising. NFT Tallinn, the biggest web-free event in Northern and Eastern Europe. NFT Tallinn is your bridge to Europe, where the brightest minds in the industry come together to discuss and present the latest trends and developments in a nascent web-free world. The main event will be held from May 8th to 10th and will feature keynote speakers, panel discussions, networking opportunities, VIP dinners and more. In addition, the community will host hackathons, side events and much more throughout the week starting May 5th. Tickets are available now. To learn more and secure your ticket, visit nfttalent.com. It's an event well worth your time. Dylan, uh, you had a question. Yes, and, and what you just said leads really nicely into it. I, I'm wondering what the three of you, Magus, Linda, and Irish NFT, got look for in our So for these artists that are listening are submitting their works like what is it you look for in art what what stands out to you what um what, what's going to make what kind of art is going to make the top 20 well um i can start with that maybe even that linda's got to call now maybe yeah uh, linda you also reply after 
Uh, I think each one of us will have their own method. And also, uh, I will try to be as much as possible uh, unbiased. But of course, we always have our personal tastes. And because I'm also a visionary psychedelic artist, normally that's the art that I tend to be attracted to. Um, but I really want to give uh, opportunity as much diverse as possible. So when at least I'm going to try to create, I'm going to try to have uh, as much diversity as possible regarding everything, like regarding uh, uh, methods of painting, AI, black and photography, 3D, 2D illustration, you know. So I'm going to try to have a pick from each different style uh, as much as possible. Also try to have a variety between uh, artists that have little followers on Twitter that are new, but also others that have more experience. Um, even that, of course, it's going to be quite difficult to try to filter everything to the, the number that we have to select. Um, but this is at least my process. That's what I'm going to try to do. And besides of that, also look for aspects of the art itself regarding, for example, composition, line work, uh, color palette, uh, the harmony of the piece. So I, I'm going to really try to use a little bit what I learned in art, art history, even if it was a long time ago, and to try as neutral as possible on that and have a system for that. At least this is going to be the, the way I'm going to try to create. Linda and Irish can also share the, the process. Yeah, definitely. I would learn towards or learn towards lean towards Jesus, lean towards colorful artworks. But I definitely don't like names, so I want to keep it quite open. Um, because I love all different types. I love AI. I love photography. I love animation. I love any type of digital artworks, especially illustration. Um, it's actually not a lot of illustrators in. NFTs I don't believe so you know I want to see more like comic book artists get involved in NFTs I want to see just something new um but it doesn't necessarily have to be new um it's not just one artwork that's going to get selected so you know it doesn't have to be um even um it doesn't have to be unminted work it doesn't have to be something that's 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 new it can be something um that has been minted a long time ago and you want to get on it so it's just opportunities for artists um like not to get exposure but to actually sell the artwork as well we had a a call earlier on today and we were we were talking about like how can this benefit artists like how can we try and get more artists to sell their artwork through this open call it's not just an open call for exposure because at the end of the day that doesn't you know doesn't pay bills for artists so um trying to explore that and um, Linda suggested even um, making sure that we have QR codes on all of these artworks to make sure that, you know, for those that are at NFT Talent at the event, that they can easily access, you know, the description, the name, um, the, like the title and name of the artist and be able to um, see it from their phone, maybe save it for later when they go home. Maybe then they can decide if they want to buy it. It's all about given that extra bit of opportunity. And I think you can connect a lot more with a piece when you see it in person, especially with a digital artwork like that. Um, I think we, we're gonna see more like screens at home. We're gonna be able to, you know, showcase our own portfolio in that way. But yeah, definitely more unique style. So don't want to have a particular team at all because everyone is, is unique in their own way. So just given that opportunity for those to, to share their stories.
And what about you, Linda? Yeah, definitely same same as uh, uh, has been already said. Um, I'm also going to try and be as neutral as possible. But, you know, we all have our own uh, things that we like. And again, I'm very um, drawn to symbolism and pieces that have clearly some meaning to them. And most art does have meaning to it. Nobody really creates art just for fun or someone does, of course, but uh, everyone has their own meaning to what they create. So, but I'm, but I'm gonna try to um, to diversify. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna instinctively be drawn to the pieces that uh, move me in some way. Like it can be, it can be emotional in any kind of emotion. You know, it can be uh, provocative. It can be fun. It can be um, sad. It can be whatever. So, um, I know I'm gonna be drawn to that. And I, I have since my open call is um, up and running, I have probably like 300 pieces already been submitted, but I'm going to have to try and narrow that down to like 25 or something. So it's going to be really difficult. And just so everyone getting picked for these, both all of us three uh, open calls is going to be like really exclusive kind of. So um Yeah. Best of luck to everyone that's entering. And just a reminder as well to use the the tag that's been uh, sent out. So because I'm going to go scrolling through the tag that, that I created. So just make sure that you did that as well. I'm going to do a reminder. 300. That's crazy. Yeah. Linda, you've been <laughs> doing a great job. <laughs> everyone did a great job. <laughs> Amazing. And I've seen so much great art. It's been it's going to be like, I'm going to have to take a few days off work probably to be able to go through and really dedicate some time to making some good choices. Yeah, good luck on uh, on that and uh, prepare <laughs> <Thank> yourselves, you. <laughs> Magazine Irish. <laughs> to go. Uh, we also had here uh, Ida uh, that came up as a speaker. Hello. Thank you for having me up. I basically wanted to say hi, um, as I had the pleasure to speak to Irish Girl for quite a few times, and I DM'd a bit with Linda. Um, it's a pleasure to know uh, Tallinn It's having its own NFT event, because um, as I was saying, I'm very in love with the Baltic states, as I got to live there for a while, and um, yeah, I'm really happy to, to just see you here, guys. Um, so congrats and yeah, I hope I will see you there. Thanks. And thank you for, for all, all the details. It's, it's been a nice conversation. Thank you. And hope to see you with us as well. Artificial creative. Hey guys. Um, I want to say that this has been, you know, really, really fantastic discussion and, um, you know, it, it is refreshing to see more traditional artists not completely and totally shunning AI. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I've had a lot of arguments about that of recently. Um, I, I have kind of two questions. Uh, number one is about kind of artificial intelligence and you know, how do you see that playing into 
like, do you see that playing into, you know, your more traditional physical art workflow in the future? Yeah, can I answer this one? I love this question. Because um, I only recently started experimenting with this in terms of like PFP collections and my own traditional artwork to see what you can get out of AI. And it blows my mind. Like, it actually blows my mind. I haven't, um, have I minted? I haven't minted any of it because it changed, like, it, it actually is so different to what you have created with your own hands or what, like, entities that you own. Like, I tried one with, uh, with, with Crypto Skulls even there. And I know that's PFP, not traditional, but, um, it, it's completely different. And I shared it with the community and, like, by able by 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 being able to like share it and say like look how easy this is to kind of change it up um you know to change it up and show like where you can kind of recreate you know like a lot of these nfts you can like you have full access to like commercial rights or you have full access to like like you know if you want to sell your own brand out of it like you can so why not experiment with it and try and make money out of it not necessarily like flipping a project but actually trying to like hold on to the nft and see other ways to yeah commercialize it for yourself and i i think that's going to be like really going to be the future of like pfp collections and then in terms of like buying from artists that are traditional artists i think that there yeah, there's, there's there's a lot you can keep pushing for and as an artist it's really difficult to know when to stop uh creating but ai is a way to kind of make sure that you can can keep further and on and playing with the process because um yeah it's something that i i have recently started to do and it's so fun being able to use that as a as a source of inspiration and then just further on so you're not starting from like a blank canvas i think that's even the, the toughest thing to do when you're actually starting off from absolutely nothing um so ai is um definitely a way to play with that create creativity that everyone has just need to actually start playing with it and then you can um you, you have so much fun like I, I i recently bought the subscription for mid journey and it's addictive it's really enjoyable so i recommend everyone to do it <laughs> uh is it okay if i do one more question sure so on not the art side, but more like the sales and the investor side. And specifically, I'm thinking about, you know, collaborations between artists. I mean, you guys have brought together this you know, absolutely fantastic event, but like, do you guys do collaborations with other artists? And like, do you wait for them to approach you or do you approach them? If you do approach them, how do you approach other artists about collaborating with them? I also realize that's like 60 questions, but you know. <laughs> I, uh, I can share a bit my, my experience. Um, I did several collaborations in the past and it was kind of a mix. Some I asked it, some other people invited me, uh, some it was just organic, I don't know, because sometimes we are also in, in chat groups, you know, uh, sometimes artists get together in different chat groups in, inside Twitter or even in Telegram, and then sometimes it just comes up or even in Discord saying, hey, I would like to collaborate. Does somebody want to collaborate with me? Um, and what I, I found out is that most artists actually are quite open for collaboration. It's just really always a matter of timing <laughs> because it's always about the time that we have. 
But from my experience, all the collaborations that I did was always um, without pushing, in the sense that if this happens, it happens. Each artist has got their own rhythm, and we're going to try it. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, and it's okay anyway. Uh, so if you have that mindset and you start from that mindset, then whatever happens, it's amazing. And I did some collaborations until the end, and others that simply didn't work out or because we really could not fit well our style or vision or because we just didn't have time or, or motivation to pick up on that piece. I understand the Irish Energy Girl is uh, working with a lot of uh, different uh, projects. So uh, do you also do collaborations with other NFT um, artists? We do, yeah. Um, we have worked with a lot of different, like uh, I definitely try and look for artists to connect with projects rather than other projects because it's definitely a way to support artists you know it's a way to support our, uh, the both communities and you'd be surprised by how that can connect very well rather than project to project i think it's much easier and better for the whole ecosystem to connect project to artists you know instead um yeah crypto schools have done a lot in terms of um traditional artists they um used funding from their DAO to um support a mural artist withers or her uh twitter handle is land whisker and she's a phenomenal like american artist based uh she she got from crypto schools to do um an entire like i don't even know how long how big this wall was but it was it was the very first i believe the very first nft project that created like a qr code or is actually an ar mural so you'll be able to take a photograph of it and the video will pop up on your phone um and it was to show the the history so it was really cool um and they yeah they they paid for the artist to do that supplied um like you know travel and, and expenses and stuff like that and i think that's a lot different than being able to commune or collaborate with another project i feel like all projects do do it that way so it's nice to be different and nice to be able to support um yeah one of one artists that are not necessarily like known in nft space but able to bring them in because of the good opportunities that they get and the the like the warm welcoming so if i was going to approach like i've tried to approach a couple of projects um but rather unsuccessfully like how would you approach projects about kind of working with them or is it like you kind of have to have an in to the community yeah, um, I think the best way is like to either, I mean, you could buy like an NFT, like a floor price one, like it doesn't have to be, you know, in any way expensive. I think that's the best way. If they have a DAO, that's, I think it's relatively easier to like connect with the community when they have a DAO because, you know, that's funding already available. Um, whereas if you just kind of cold call a project that you like, you don't know if they have any uh, funding opportunities there, so it might be a, a lot more difficult. And um, but it's it's just I suppose consistently building connections, and then someone will recommend you eventually. Um, you know, just being consistent to yourself, um, and being able to just keep working hard. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Gee, you also have your hand up. Uh, yeah, 
Is it cool if I go? I, I saw it's because I saw um Henny uh marketing with his hand up too. I think he was before me. No gophers. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh yeah, I just had a question um for anybody that wants to answer too. So the trouble that I've been trying to find is like I guess collectors on like the bigger scale of things. So like what are some things or like some tactics that I guess any of you use to kind of get yourself in front of maybe the right collector? I understand one one answer is already Twitter. Uh, but uh, uh, Linda Magus, uh, Irish and the girl, do you have any tip, tips and tricks in getting uh, to the right collector? Or this is an industry secret and you don't want to share? No, but this is this is the big discussion always. <laughs> Everyone's trying to figure out how what the best to do that is. But um, I think uh, the best way to find your ideal collectors is not to really maybe not look for them so much but just be present and they will probably find you you know it's easier to just uh, just be there be authentic show your work dis uh, comment engage with the community and um, and participate and not just focus on selling just be there and people will be interested in you because of uh, what you do how you present yourself and then they will look at your art and then they will the right collectors will find you that way and it's a patience game for most of us <laughs> no definitely i, def I definitely uh, appreciate that for sure yeah because i just hear so much i guess uh I guess I, I could say noise or, you know, different advice maybe better is to say, but like, you know, like being in group chats and like just like always, uh you know, networking with other artists and like retweeting their stuff and showing love to their stuff, you know, and vice versa and, you know, so many different things. But yeah, I haven't really heard anybody kind of just say something so simple like that in a sense and not simple in like the way where it's like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. But it's more like just so like, you know, it's, there's power in in doing less, I guess in a sense like just be like you said like be there and like just be present so that's i appreciate that take yeah, yeah sure. I, I can add also on that that you never know uh, and sometimes uh, i think there's this feeling on on, on the space that we try to uh, go after the big collectors that doesn't mean anything i've seen collectors coming and you see them on twitter and they have like 500 followers they are almost unknown and they just come and start buying uh, so it doesn't matter if they have a lot of followers, if they are big names or not. The right collector will find your art because also there are so many different styles. Uh, my personal experience, not everybody connects with my style of art. So what's the point of chasing some collectors if they just don't connect with my art? There's no point of that. I prefer people that really going to connect since the start, you know, and we're going to buy the art because they want to, because they really feel this deep emotion with it. And that's the, the the point. It doesn't matter if it's a big collector or a small collector. For me, that's the, the main key. It's really the, the emotional connection with the art piece. No, definitely. Thank you for that. Yeah, and that's I, I feel like that's why I kind of took the first step in even, like, creating this new account strictly for, like, my photography because on my main account, I feel like I just have so much going on. You know, like, I have music NFTs. I have virtual realities. I have you know, a lot IRL events, I have all these things that I'm doing. And like, I just felt like my photography was kind of getting like, 
overlooked. And, you know, for me, I want to, you know, I have a lot of, I feel like I have a lot of value with like the perspectives and stuff. Just the, the same with all of us. I'm sure all of us have like, you know, this certain value we hold with our art because, you know, it's coming from our heart and our soul. And like uh, we're expressing ourselves in a way where maybe most people won't really see that at the face value. But kind of like how you guys are saying, like the right collector will, you know, vibe with you and, you know, want to support you or in any way they can. So, no, I definitely appreciate it because I'm just, I'm, I, again, I'm just learning, you know, like I'm sure the rest of us are. So, you know, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the question. I I think Dylan ha wanted to say something, then maybe Owen who uh, came up and then uh, Artificial Creative wants to ask again. Yeah, my question is along the lines of um, AI, which was mentioned way back. So if Owen or has something to say in relation to the engagement side, um, I'll let them jump on first. No, mine's more on the marketing side, work away. Okay, it's a bit of a sidestep now, but someone mentioned AI, um, and I don't know if you saw on the news, but there was a class action copyright infringement against Stable, Diffusion, Midjourney, and DreamUp because um, they were using artists' work to train the AI. And I'm wondering, because you um, have, have alluded to the fact that you use it, what you think of that case, if you think there's any merit in it. And if it was your art that you prized... Would it annoy you if um, the AI started generating derivatives of your own art? Yeah, I seen that on um, I seen that on LinkedIn recently, and I was shocked to see it. Um, shocked and also not shocked. Um, I believe it was a big, uh, yeah, it was a bit. It's actually a pretty big case because. Um, I think a major corporation was, was going after another major corporation, but I, I believe that there's so much backing behind um this particular case, like in terms of like support for AI. Um like it like it is a tricky one because there's so many people that are are against AI and a hundred percent against it because they're all for, you know, the artists that want to protect um copyright and they can understand that. But I believe that most artists, um, especially that are in the NFT space, um, are for AI because it's a way to receive um, more income at the end of the day. Um, I don't think it's necessarily taken away from the artist. Um, like, if, for instance, if you've ever used AI, let's say you do AI just for argument's sake, and you use AI and use your face as a source you're given AI the permission to use that photograph for to learn for other users. So, and then how, if you don't like AI and then have never used it, how do you know you don't like it? So you have to experiment with it, even though you don't like it, if you get me to actually fully understand it. And so there, I think, I think there should be a way for it to say, okay, this is just a trial run. This is a test. I'm not giving it permission but I want access to it just for research purposes. I think that should be a possibility and I would like to see that to be a possibility because um, at the moment, I believe that it's always, you know, that if you use it, then you're given a permission to use your, your face or use uh, to, to keep learning uh, for, for the AI. So yeah, it, like it can be scary for a lot of people that um, don't want anything to do with it um, and know that is it is becoming a thing. 
um like we obviously want to support like artists um like copyright in that way but i believe like all design is based off another design all all creations are so it is very difficult to be authentic unfortunately as well um you're always going to find something that's quite similar to another person's artwork um if it's copy i think that's something completely different um but ai you're not going to really find direct copy it's always going to be slightly different so it's a tough it's a gray area definitely um and i think there just should be more options so i would like to see like kind of like a trial version for those that don't want access for it to learn off like similar to cookies how cookies work when you go onto a new website why don't you have that option for ai do you know mm, 100% my i'd say i don't know much about the case but my understanding was that um it it's it's not um people who use the, the these apps that are um at risk um or that are suing it's traditional artists that um whose works were used in in the infant the ai's infancy that's my understanding but i haven't really dug too deep into it so maybe i'm wrong <laughs> and on that note if we actually uh, look deeper into how ai and uh, anything uh, like that works then i i think there is uh, one part which all of us uh, uh, need to uh, understand is that anything and i mean like anything that has ever been online is uh, something which is not private anymore and as a result uh, someone else can go and copy it and do something with it. Uh, and this is where the copyright comes in, is that uh, uh, you should not be able to use the exact copy of the thing. But if it's a derivative in any force, then usually there is not much what you can do. Uh, the exception that uh, if it's a very close copy, but still a derivative, uh, then uh, uh, you you may be able to do things with it as long as you're not infringing the brand and uh, this is a very interesting uh, uh, high uh, high level uh, legal case that we're gonna uh, be seeing now on the uh, board ape yacht club where uh, rider rips was uh, taking the same collection uh, and uh, uh, it is not even about uh, what he did with the art pieces that's that's not what uh, what the thing is about it's all about only trademark of what uh, did he do about the name that was uh, uh, behind the uh, uh, art. And I think that uh, uh, when it comes to this, then uh, unfortunately those that believe that uh, AI should not be trained on uh, their data, if it was available on the internet, then uh, there is not much they can do about it. Uh, it's just that uh, they can be limiting on what can be done with uh, their IP to a certain extent as long as it is uh, seen that it's a uh, very similar. But if it's already only 20% or even 50% similar, then unfortunately or fortunately, nothing to do. It's just uh, us, uh, as all artists and uh, uh, scientists, uh, all innovation is done by stealing uh, some ideas from someone else and then uh, uh, making them uh, better or worse. But, uh, but still, uh, interesting topic to go deeper and... Uh, uh, and I'd like to get uh, some uh, feedback on uh, Marcus and Linda if they have. And also, uh, I would uh, uh, just uh, for the clarity, uh, ask if if any needs to leave, uh, then feel, uh, we've already been uh, uh, one hour longer than initially perhaps uh, booked. Uh, but 
but for now, uh, we're still still here. So if you need to leave, just to say it. Uh, but if you want to continue discussing with the people, then uh, uh, people are still here. That's when you know you're having fun, Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Thank I know. Thank you, that's very nice. For, for, for me personally, I also had debates about these copyrights even before AI was trending. Uh, because there's also a lot of artists using stock images, for example. And then they make photo manipulation. And this is art style. And it was an interesting Twitter space that I was also with lawyers and uh, people that worked with laws in different countries trying to understand also what is copyright or not. And the majority kind of agree, but it's still always a gray area. There's no uh, thing that can say 100% it's this way or not. Supposedly, uh, an art piece to be considered original needs to be changed at least 17% from the one that uh, it's copied or based on. Um, but how do you assess also this 70%? It's tricky to, to say. If you have an art piece, what you're going to say? Oh, they changed X number of lines or they changed X number of colors. You know, So they, it's really a gray area and, and very tricky. So in that sense, I think, I, yeah, it's doing what it's doing. It's a new technology. It's, it's here, as I said. I don't use it. I, I tried already some things, Midjourney and, and other apps. Uh, just for curiosity and to see, it's not it's not interesting for me at the moment, but I can never say never. And again, I'm exploring different tools, and this one is not on on, on my plans for now. Uh, but it's here, and if my art is going to be used for AI the same way that other artists can pick my art and also do derivatives, yeah, that's that's how we evolve. That's how things happen. Uh, uh, to be honest, uh, if one day AI can make the art the same way as I do, then maybe it's time to reinvent myself and to make a different art style and to cre recreate also again everything that I'm doing. So I'm, I'm not scared of it and I don't mind if my art is used uh, actually in that sense uh, because for sure other artists also get inspired on it and also use it and make derivatives and so we... we I think we, we we are entering a new stage in society, especially with the transparency and the centralization that we really need to let go also these kind of things that we own something, that we need to possess something and this is mine and you cannot touch it. And of course, even that NFTs, it's about ownership, but it's also about practicing the centralization and exploring and inspiring them and collaborating. So I do believe the future will be more about that, more about openness. And if you see the new techs, most of them are actually open source. Uh, and a lot of artists are also, also starting to do art without copyrights. That it's public, anybody can use it as they want. So why not to go that way? I'm, I'm completely open for that. Yeah, and one very interesting way how I've been personally uh, playing around with AI is not by letting AI do any like proper art art, but by uh, letting AI... Um, give me examples of different elements that could be used uh, within uh, a art that's uh, in the end created. Uh, because uh, un unlike uh, all our esteemed guests here, uh, I'm not that good in uh, drawing myself. <laughs> so I, I need someone else to draw and it could, be, it could end up being the uh, AI that's generating, for example, a picture of a truck and then also a picture of a goat. And then uh, it's, uh, it's me putting them together for some weird reason. Uh, yeah, but I think there's uh, it's a it's a tool, and let's see uh, what's going to happen uh, with uh, with all of this.
Yeah, I, I would also like to add something to this uh, about the AI. Because um, I, I read the, some of the class action documents. Someone had them in a, in a tweet thread. And I saw that it said one of the first uh, issues was that, or the case was made on the fact that um, their images was used to train the system. And this is kind of a, I mean, there's not an artist alive that hasn't used other artists' art to train themselves, right? So this is, it can also, there can also be made a case that, you know, it's just, okay, so the, the, the system is being trained by these images, but they are not putting out copies of them, right? So um, and there and there really are no like original ideas left in the world. I I'm thinking so everything is like based upon some kind of inspiration. So and I also did because I found in that thread uh, a link to a page where you could. I don't know if this is uh, legit or not, but I could put in my image and do a reverse search to see if my picture was used for training some kind of AI system. And if if that was correct, I don't know if it was, but one of, one of the pieces that I tried to search on was actually, I found it. And I was um, interested to see my reaction towards it because I didn't really know if I wanted to search because I was like, oh, I'm, how I'm going to react to that. But actually I didn't mind because I'm thinking as long as I don't find someone posting like a, an exact copy of that, it's just, it's a... Uh, you know, it's, yeah, like I said, there are no original ideas, so it's pretty much not a problem in my book. But I'm sure there are some ethical discussions to be had, but be, like back to the um, transparency of how you create your art, I think that's the most important thing. So I want to oh, jump in on this as well real quick, if you guys don't mind. Um, so... The lawsuit is basically predicated on a gross misunderstanding or deliberate misrepresentation of how these systems work. One of the claims that they make is that the images are stored within these algorithms and within these systems, which is not correct. Uh, they also call it a 21st century collage tool uh, and various other just gross misrepresentations. Um, and the site that you went to, what that is searching is the Lion 5B, uh, which is 5 billion images that have been pulled together by a nonprofit to be used as an initial data set to train artificial intelligences. Look, that's what happens when you do your own research. You'll learn. Great input. Uh, Owen, uh, I think you were about to ask something or say something. Uh, well, I, I suppose, first of all, I just jump in on the AI thing. I suppose um, I know nothing about this lawsuit at all, but my initial reading of it here is that is it not an ethical consideration that you're not training an artist, you're training a for-profit tool. You know, it's not a person. And, like, I, I don't know how AI trains on scientific things but 
you know, if if I wrote a scientific paper that was published and access to that paper was, you know, token gated or or behind a paywall, I would expect that any AI um, company would be paying to access that um, or have a subscription to, to one of the scientific paper publishing sites, you know? I think there's two things. Uh, in First of all, most of the things that people are um, implying on are not behind a paywall. They are publicly available. And secondly, it's an interesting thing that there's only one uh, AI company that's uh, a big and uh, is not making all of their source materials fully open. And that's uh, open AI. Everyone else, including uh, Google with its AlphaFold and different other AI things, even Facebook uh, with uh, different uh, AI research that they have been doing, and not specifically just on the uh, art side, but in like big scale, they uh, end up uh, making the models uh, freely available. So people are able to uh, build on top of that, uh, etc. And OpenAI was initially uh, made like that as well. Uh, so in most cases, the argument would be invalid uh, in this specific case where it's OpenAI that uh, uh, is planning to uh, start asking for money and then there are services that have been building on top of it and are asking money on, uh, based on that. Then, of course, yes, your question is valid, potentially. The, the other issue with this lawsuit is that if you extrapolate this out, it's not going to just apply to AI art, which this argument could be a good thing or a bad thing. It's going to apply to how search engines are trained, uh, things like chat GPT and kind of the next generation of search engines. It's also potentially going to be applicable to behavioral data. So all of the, uh, you know, spyware that Facebook uses to monitor our behavior and then service more profitable ads. Um, potentially, this could also apply towards that data as well. Um, so the likelihood that this is going to go the way of the artists, I think, is fairly slim just because of the implications it has for companies like Microsoft and Google and Facebook and um, all the rest. Because if this kind of goes the way of, hey, I created something and therefore it's and I can say it shouldn't be involved in your data set. Well, that opens up Facebook to be sued for the exact same thing. That opens up, you know, Twitter and LinkedIn and all these massive companies that do, um, you know, basically consumer spyware and then using that to target advertising based on the behavioral data that's collected. Um, that could open that up as well. The other issue is things like Google Translate. You know, there's Google Translate was trained on the work of millions of translators from around the world. And it has done something that is absolutely incredible. Like we can travel to other nations, not know the language at all. They understand our language and yet we're able to communicate. And I think that like when, um, I think it was Linda. It's hard to tell who's talking on Twitter spaces because of the lag, but 
uh, I think it was Linda, she, she was talking about her self-portraits and the, the emotional self-portraits. That's something that I do as well. And it is incredibly therapeutic for me. And I cannot express myself without these tools. I never did that until about two years ago when I got access to these tools and I was able to finally start creating art for the first time in my life. And I, I think that like there's a massive human element that is at stake. And then there's also a massive profit element that is at stake all wrapped into this. Um, so it, it's going to be an absolutely, absolutely fascinating uh moving forward and seeing how it goes. Yeah, so like every good art discussion ends up as a legal discussion. And I think this is a big thing that uh, uh, the whole Web3, uh, whether it's the NFT space or other technologies as well as uh, the AI space will be uh, all about in the coming uh, few years where we need to start uh, uh, actually discussing about who owns what data, how, why, and uh, to what extent. And then uh, uh, what do you actually buy when you buy the art piece? So we're getting getting back to the question uh, when we started the technology uh, discussion regarding uh, NFTs and art. Uh, what are you buying in the end? And I think at the moment, there is no uh, sufficient answer yet because it's all different. Yeah. Uh, and do we have any other uh, last, last questions here? Or uh, is there anything uh, that uh, Irish and Gal, Magus or Linda would want to say or announce to uh, anyone here? I could, time, just say, I could just say something about my uh, my curation process because I had initially written out that I was gonna the the call was gonna be open until the end of February, but it's it's gonna be closed. Um, in I'm gonna make a new tweet about it, but it's gonna be my curation process will close now uh, in the end of the month at the latest because we're gonna have two more. I mean, Magus and Irish are also going to do their curation processes. So just to um, to um, spread it out, we're gonna um, it's going to be close, but there are going to be more more opportunities. So just stay tuned and follow everyone, so you will get the chance to submit your piece. Yeah. So we're looking forward to uh, all the submissions. Uh, to the uh, current and the future calls and then uh, hopefully uh, be presenting your art at the NFT Tallinn as well as uh, hopefully also uh, uh, seeing you there uh, where uh, you'll have a great opportunity to have uh, deep discussions with uh, Linda, Irish NFT Girl, uh, Magus and uh, many other uh, speakers. So uh, it's, it's going to be an event uh, that's going to feature uh, at least around uh, 100 uh, speakers from different fields. So just uh, all about uh, art. It is also about uh, different use cases of the technology, starting from uh, gaming and metaverses, going all the way to supply chains, sustainability, and other real-world uh, use cases. 
as well as uh, various discussions on policy, on investing, on uh, general education, uh, on uh, how to use uh, this technology within uh, enterprises and uh, how to start developing things here. So we have lots of different cool discussions there and so we hope to see uh, everyone there. And if you can't for some reason make, then we will be making uh, lots of content available uh, from the, the event uh, afterwards as well. Uh, so uh, anyway, I, I think on that note, I would be starting to wrap it up here uh, and uh, looking forward to hosting you at uh, next uh, spaces where we'll be uh, learning more about some other uh, upcoming speakers. The next one actually is going to be on Thursday uh, of this week at 8 p.m. with uh, Dr. Chris Catcher, who is a, a has been a trader for most of his life, but is actually a nu nuclear physicist. And uh, these days, uh, all in in the uh, web free. So uh, yeah, thank you all, and uh, hope to see you uh, across the interwebs or life. Thank you. It was really thank you so much. Thank you, thank everyone. You. Super interesting. See you in Tallinn. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. You get your tickets. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>